y'all. I'm Justin. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Hello, and welcome back to Cowboys Like Us, the only podcast fomenting a plan to burn down your local Wendy's. We are joined (laughs) today by a very special guest. Yes. My friend Christy is here with us, certified folklore stan, and she's going to talk about Mirrorball with us. Hi, thanks for having <laughs> me on. <laughs> yes, hello. Christy, hello, how, how, how do we know you? How do you know me? That's an excellent question. Do you really truly know me at all? <laughs> That's what Mirrorball asks us, isn't it? Um, Indeed. So Justin and I met in 2013 at, in grad school in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We actually met on, when was it? It was orientation day. And yeah, you sat down next to me and some of our other uh, longtime friends. And we all hit it off because we all realized, hey, we're the coolest people in here. And, uh, <laughs> and we never looked back. So <laughs> since then, we've been very good friends. And you also uh, had me as one of your grooms-women. So in your way, yeah, you Yay! And that's how I met Kimberly! So, that's how Yeah, that was the first person that, or the first time we met in person, but... I know! I know! (laughs) We had played uh, Game of Thrones Fantasy. Yes, we had! (laughs) For a couple years before that. That is right. It's interesting you bring up my wedding and being a groomswoman. Your wedding? (laughs) Yeah, it is, because... (laughs) You know, you also had a wedding, and I was oh, shush. But I was not. I was not in the wedding. I wasn't in no, the wedding. I didn't make you, the cut. I know. <laughs> I had. So I had pears. I know. I know. I'm it's very yeah. Sad. It's sexist. It's whatever, though. It's whatever. <laughs> when will the misandry end? You know, if I if I knew what I knew now. You would most certainly have a spot on the the team. You already have a spot on the team in my heart, Justin. So I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, let's just you know chalk it up to Christy and Carter got married years before we did. We were just you know we kept up with the times. We were more progressive. That's <laughs> true. That's true. You guys, you uh, you beat us out for that. So that's true. <laughs> Yes, we submitted to the will of the woke mob, yes, and y'all did. So, <laughs> <laughs> who did it better? I'm not sure. Hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> yeah, Christy, how how would you describe yourself as a as a Taylor Swift fan? How did you come to be a fan of Taylor's music? Uh, you know, that's that's a good question. If I had to to describe myself, I would say I am a first and foremost. Kimberly and Justin fan and no. a Taylor Swift fan second. 
<laughs> so, and I know, I know, I know that that's sacrilegious on on this podcast. So I apologize, but I would say that you know, before before the pandemic, I growing up didn't really listen to Taylor Swift at all. I knew who she was, but I wasn't really like into her music. And she started out as country, which at that time I really didn't listen to country anyway. Then I I think when we got to grad school, that's when she came out with 1989. And when that album came out, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like some of these songs on there. They were definitely more fun, and I I started to actually pay attention to what she was putting out. But it wasn't until Folklore where I was like, oh, she's really good. I really like this music. And since then, I've been definitely, I wouldn't say like a huge Swifty, but... I've definitely been a, a bigger Taylor Swift fan than I was in the past, and I'm a big fan of Folklore, Evermore, and Midnight's. Those are my favorite albums of hers, so, so yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you say that 1989 was kind of the gateway for you, mm-hmm. because if I recall correctly, the first single from that is one of your least favorite songs anyone has ever recorded. Oh my gosh. I will say that. I cannot stand Shake It Off. I hate that song we so much. We gotta have Christy back on when Shake It Off comes around. Oh my gosh. Hater week. Yeah. yeah. Hater week. I'll, I'll come back. I'll bash it. I, I am bash afraid it. to say it. I hate Shake It Off. Other songs on that album, like, I loved Blank Space. I thought that was such a good song and I loved the video for it but I can't do Shake It Off. But I think I just, in general, I really dislike the, like, Pep Yourself Up songs. Sure. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. Those, those definitely aren't my vibe. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, I hate Shake It Off. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of music do you listen to non-Taylor-wise? Non-Taylor-wise, oh. You know, I I do listen to a little bit of everything. I would say ugh, the sadder the better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely into a lot of melancholy, um, which is probably why I love Folklore and Evermore, as um, those are my definitely my two favorite albums of hers. I love Phoebe Bridgers, or what do you call her? Foyt? Foyt Bridgers. I've seen her. Yeah, she's great. I love her, Hozier, Lana Del Rey, Florence and the Machine. If you want to go older, I love the Beatles and Stevie Nicks. But anything like more sad, that's more my jam. <laughs> I like to imagine that everybody we have on this podcast, because we also mentioned liking the Beatles when we were like, this is what we listen to. And Madeline also likes the Beatles. I like to imagine that we tell our guests, like, you know, we hold a gun to their head and we're like, you have to say you like the Beatles. <laughs> oh my I gosh, I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it just means that we have very basic music tastes. <laughs> Uh, we like the most popular band to ever exist and we feel you know like we need to say that to prove our bona fides or whatever you oh yeah what, i like though? music you know i, like the beatles. I yeah. feel like the people who say they don't like the beatles 
are trying to prove something at this point. Yeah, it used to be you know? hipster to like the Beatles because nobody was really into them. Yeah. Now everybody loves the Beatles and respects them as a musical artist. And right. now if you don't like the Beatles, then you're a hipster. Yep. Oh, you're so cool. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you are married to a jazz organist. I am married to a jazz organist. <laughs> I am. He's a huge music nerd, but you know, someone's got to love him. So. <laughs> but he's also a big Beatles fan. Both of him and I are big Beatles fans. That's why we named our child Jude. <laughs> yes. I'm going to get to meet Jude soon. Yes, you are. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh my gosh, in like two weeks, right? Yep, I'm getting both. Crazy. Woo! I'm Very ready. exciting times. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Kimberly, for, for Chrissy at the moment? I don't think so. All right. <laughs> Let's get right into the podcast business then. I'm like, I don't have any questions because I already, you know, kind of know where Chrissy stands on my table. <laughs> yes, indeed. First off, I would just like to give a big shout out to our listeners in Westchester, Ohio. I don't know who you are. <laughs> putting in numbers i see you on the analytics which i look at every day because i'm obsessed with stats so big ups to you yeah based but, on uh, the analytics you're probably like a 15 year old girl and awesome <laughs> yep hit us up on social media tell us who you are we'll shout y'all by name <laughs> and then our poll results would have could have should have the poll is closed and it got a nine from the people which is i believe the highest audience score we've had so exciting times. Christy, what did you give it? You voted, I'm sure. God, I gave it either an eight or a nine. I honestly can't remember. But That's a good score though. Yeah, yeah. It was somewhere. It was one of those two. Very cool. Very cool. It's a good song. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I and I will say I did like that deep dive you did on that episode because I didn't know any of that background about the song. And then after you did that episode, I went back and listened to it and my rating of the song went up after yeah. it hits that. different <laughs> it's different i was like oh damn yeah <laughs> yep well we consider that a win we've done our job you yeah. have you have no that's why like i was like i kind of want to do deep dives in a way into like what the songs or who the songs are about sometimes yeah. speculating to be about because there are people in the world i have come to learn within the last year or two who, who don't know everything about taylor swift like the rest of us <laughs> hi i'm one of them <laughs> yeah so i was like i you know i was listening to speak now when it came out and in the middle of the john mayer drama at the time so please let me share this knowledge <laughs> indeed all right i guess it's time for news News from around the Taylorverse. First off, Mr. Jack Antonoff got married, officially. Yep, last time we were talking about his rehearsal dinner, but since then, he's married. Yep, and Taylor apparently gave a 15-minute toast full of, quotes, playful roasting of Jack and his bride. Mostly Jack, I'm sure. So, fun times. We do not have uh, any actual quotes from it. I heard that she mentioned... The same joke that she makes a lot, which is that she always thanks Jack when she wins an award for like working with her, and he never thanks her in his acceptance speeches. <laughs> the shade. 
Just like yeah. I got Christy earlier about being in the wedding. Yeah, exactly. So, same but it was uh, lighthearted, except you've been making that joke for years now. <laughs> yeah, and it just keeps working. It just keeps working. It's right. You'll you'll be in there when we do our uh, vow renewal ceremony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It'll be Justin and no one else. <laughs> yes, yes. Very cool. Very Maybe cool. we'll get you to officiate. Yeah. yeah. I have experience with yeah. that. Now. You know how experienced you do. Yeah. Next up, Mr. Bill Belichick, legendary coach of the New England Patriots, winner of, I believe, seven Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's guy. <laughs> Tom Brady's coach, that's right. He saw some of Taylor's show in Boston at the Patriots field that they play on. I believe it's called Gillette Stadium. And he said, quote, that was pretty impressive. She's tough, man. She stood out there and played right through. Look, I'm definitely on the, you've got to calm down. That's pretty good. You've got to calm down. There's a lot of times when that's very appropriate. So. What? <laughs> that's <yep>. amazing. <laughs> positive overall but definitely coach speak where they ramble and don't really say much for sure for sure but yeah um, it was one of her rain shows and he appreciated that she just powered through it instead of being like it's raining i'm going in well like his little football players like yeah uh-huh. <laughs> we're gonna have some patriot fans listening they're gonna be so mad <laughs> yeah who cares y'all got all you trophies just go go hug them and it'll be okay security guard who worked at the minneapolis shows got fired because he asked some of the fans to get some pictures of him with Taylor in the background during the show. Oh, come on. And a clip of him singing to Cruel Summer had gone viral on TikTok and uh, his boss found out and he got fired. I saw the clip. I think I saw Um, that clip too. Yeah, and I I thought it was funny that he was like that big of a switchy because plenty of stadium workers and you know event staff and stuff take on shows like this because they want to get in for free right so just let the guy get his pictures what's wrong with that (laughs) everybody else is doing it yeah people who own stadiums are no fun (laughs) speaking of that taylor's show in milan a woman paid 327 dollars for a front row ticket but unfortunately she is in a wheelchair, and that area is not wheelchair accessible. The front row is not wheelchair accessible. So she cannot get there to her seat. The venue then offered to, quote, accommodate her by giving her a seat in an accessible area way the hell away from the stage. Unfortunately, however, as if that was not bad enough, the accessible area is already sold out. So no one's quite sure what's going to happen to that girl but either way it's unacceptable she has a change.org petition up at the moment and it currently has thirty-two thousand signatures so yeah that's unfortunate from beginning to end my first thought when you said they were just going to move her to the accessible area is like are they going to give her the money back at the difference in the tickets because i'm sure they're cheaper that far away from the stage they did not mention that that i could see but already sold out so that is a rock and hard place <laughs> yep. i think that means that this woman's gonna get a personal escort to the front row <laughs> she's paying that much money and it's already sold out it's not her fault it's not accessible hopefully taylor gives her a vip ticket or something that i was gonna say if she or her team hear about it maybe she'll wind up in like the family suite <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
VIP tip. Backstage pass. Who knows? Kimberly was delighted to see the Look What You Made Me Do, Taylor's version in the teaser trailer for the show Wilderness, which is a British thriller starring Clara Oswald from Doctor Who and some other folks. I forget her real name. Is it Olivia something? No. Is she one of the thousand Olivias out there? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yes. Any other day I probably would have been I know. Well, it hardly matters. She's in it. Neville Longbottom's in it, too. Yes. Oh, that guy. <laughs> Neville from Harry Potter is in there. He's got his name, too. Anyway, so I'm very something, isn't it? Jenna, yeah. Jenna Coleman. There we yeah. go. Yeah. We got there. <laughs> Very excited that we, this is now our second song from Rep, Taylor's version, that has come out in a trailer. After Delicate. Delicate being, was Delicate in the summer I turned pretty? I believe so. Yeah. And um, Back to December. Both of those being in the trailer convinced me to watch that show. And that's a good show. <laughs> so I will probably end up watching Wilderness. <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime. But so is The Summer I Turned Pretty. So I'm pretty convinced Taylor has a deal with Bezos. But yeah, exciting stuff. Indeed. Love to hear snippets. I was worried that it wasn't going to sound much different than the original. But there were some, some slight differences. Yes, some fans on r slash Taylor Swift were concerned by the first do when Taylor repeats, look what you made me do in the chorus. The first time she says it, she holds the do like a half second longer than the original. And people have problems with it. I just pick your battles. Either get mad at her over a half second do or be mad that she changed the lyrics of Back to the December. Oh, no, sorry. Better than Revenge. <laughs> I have Back to the December on the mind. Um, you also said Back to the December, which is not <laughs> Better than Revenge is what I was saying in my mind. <laughs> Pick one. Either be mad about the too long do, <laughs> or be mad about <laughs> Better than Revenge lyric change. You can't have both, okay? Yeah. One of them makes a little bit of sense and the other one doesn't. And that's for you to figure out which is which. <laughs> Honestly, if I hadn't read that thread, I don't think I even would have noticed it. Like, no. It's it's very, very subtle, that difference. Yeah, so much so that you had to tell me about it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Taylor has a stalker. Taylor has lots of stalkers, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she had her one get arrested this week because he tried to get into her building in NYC. And he claims that he loves her and that he wants to marry her. That's what I was going to say. Didn't he say, like, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to marry her? Yep. He used to be on some bullshit, but he's changed now. People can change. You know, he used to be a piece of shit. He's not anymore. (laughs) He's not anymore. He wants Taylor to be his anchor and to spend all his time making her laugh. And, you know, it would be beautiful if he knew her at all and wasn't a lunatic. But he is. He is. She doesn't know you, bro. I'm sorry. So what was his plan? His plan was to get into her apartment. And then when he was in there, he was going going to to marry marry her. I assume he was going to confess his love Uh and she would be so moved and then they would Mm -hmm. be together forever. Yeah. I mean, makes sense to me. Because I don't know if anybody's ever told this guy this, but you do, in most cases, need the other person's consent in order to marry them. In most cases. Yeah. He's got that thing a lot of stalkers have where, like, 
you know, he listens to her music or whatever, or sees interviews and she th- he thinks she's talking to him and thus they have some kind of relationship. Right. But that's, yeah, paranoid schizophrenia and uh, not a sign that Taylor wants to marry you. So unfortunate, unfortunate for everyone involved. Hopefully he gets the mental health, mental health assistance he needs. And hopefully Taylor's got a good security team because they always coming. Vinyl variants, Taylor released two 1989 Taylor's version variants. One was yellow and one was green. The standard vinyl is going to be blue. Both the variants were available through her website for 48 hours only, and they were released separately, separate windows. Some fans have expressed frustration at what they perceive to be money-grabbing and potential chart inflation, sell the same record three times, it counts as three sales, artificially boost your... uh, your chart store. I fall for it every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, there are people out there who are stoked about it, I'm sure, because they like to collect things. They want to have them all, much mm-hmm. like Pokemon, you know? Yeah. We are the Pokemon generation. You need the set. Gotta catch them all. But I do see people's concern where she says, oh, you know, this is a limited time, 48 hours, and no one else can have it ever could cause you to do impulse buys that you cannot really afford. Yes, but also in the past, she's been like, this is the only time you could buy this. And then it comes back around eventually. Yeah. So. Like when um, Disney used to release things from the vault or whatever. Gosh. I saw the first variant that, was it Sunset Boulevard? I think so. There's some clownery about the variations and how it's so gay that I need to talk about, but not today. (laughs) But I saw it and I was like, oh, I really like it. I want it. I really like it. I like the cover. I like all of it. And then the green one came out. I was like, no, I need this one. (laughs) And I'm sure they're going to keep coming. I suspect there will be four, if not five, including the original. Indeed. We'll stop beating this dead horse when it stops spitting out money. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just a reminder, Taylor Swift is a businesswoman first, so she cares about you behind the money, despite what she says. Yep, and uh, you know, if you don't like it, it means you're a misogynist, because if she was a man, then she'd be the man. (laughs) I mean, true. We learned that from that song. Speaking of music, how's that for a second? (laughs) David Draymond the lead singer of Disturbed praised Taylor Swift in an interview recently. He said, quote, I think she's insanely talented. I'd love to collaborate with Taylor if she ever wanted to on any given day. She's one of the greatest songwriters of our time. I love her gumption. I love the fact that she gets on stage in front of tens of thousands of screaming young female fans and plays a real instrument and sings live and is the real deal. Hell yeah. I was going to say yeah very nice because i feel like a lot of disturbed fans wouldn't feel that way would not feel that way yeah Yeah. would have been like oh you know mainstream pop bullshit you know not rock and roll bro it's not rock and roll i mean that guy from my work this is taylor Swift was ever rated listens to disturbed (laughs) i bet he does (laughs) but it's, it's nice to see artists supporting artists so we love to see it yeah let's see it but another thing that we love to see is mr scooter braun 
burning to the ground. <laughs> yep, he's down bad. He's recently lost some of his high-profile clients, including Jimmy Lovato, Ariana Grande, Justin Bieber is on his way out, and as of today, Canada's sweetheart Carly Rae Jepsen as well. Edina Menzel left back in January, but no one noticed until now. <laughs> so, yeah, how dare you disrespect her, first off, and then second, eat it, Scooter, you dirty bitch. There is some discrepancy between what Scooter claims is happening and what anonymous sources within his empire claim is happening. One source said, quote, he's imploding. It's a different world since the pandemic. You just can't be an asshole like that anymore. But another one disputes it, saying, quote, he's getting out of management, has been for years, and that's the real story. And that is the line that Scooter himself has supported. Yeah. He and his team have said that, like, he's he was co-CEO of the company that came out of the Ithaca Holdings purchase and merger. They're like, now he's just going to be the sole CEO, so he doesn't have time to manage everybody anymore. And so their contracts are up for renewal. But everybody wants it to be the first one where he's imploding because he ruined this for himself because he's an asshole. Yeah, and in fairness to the, the ones who believe he's imploding, he did claim initially that the report of Ariana Grande leaving was erroneous. You know, she's not, it's bullshit. But then she did leave. So the spin zone is alive and well. Mm -hmm. No one's sure exactly what's happening, but hope he feels bad. He's a bad guy and he should feel bad. Also, I'd like to point out <laughs> that Demi Lovato is leaving Scooter and also sort of pulling a Taylor Swift in a way. So she's not re-recording her first album in order to own it but she's like re-releasing it mm. after having re-recorded it as like remixes like new takes on the songs oh so that's interesting yeah <laughs> all right well good luck to jimmy and all that we'll see sorry one more thing i think i've just referred to demi lovato with all female pronouns and i'm very sorry demi goes by the event is that accurate I know she did for a while, and then she went back to she. Okay, I may be safe either way. I'm not <laughs> sure. Yeah, she went back to she. She may have then gone back to they, them since then, but sh there was a time when she went to they, them, and then went back to she okay. from that. Well, if Demi Lovato is using they, them pronouns, I apologize for misrepresenting you, and if Demi Lovato is using whatever pronouns Demi Lovato wants to use, great. I'm sorry if I misrepresent you. Yep. Demi Lovato did what Demi Lovato does. <laughs> and that's cool. Chart watch! On the Billboard Artist 100, Taylor stayed pat at number one, continuing to add to her record. Uh, I believe she's up to 78 weeks now up there. Oh, yeah. On the she belongs on the top. There you go. Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. Cruel Summer drops a spot at number four. Hey. <laughs> Kimberly's excited because she <laughs> is over it. Hates it. No, I love the song. It's a great song. Karma featuring Ice Spice dropped a spot to number 14. Anti-Hero is down two spots to number 20. Blank Space is up three spots to number 46. Confirming what we already knew, which is that a bunch of motherfuckers are fake fans who can't wait till October. Yep. I Can See You drops eight spots to number 71. 
on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Speak Now TV dropped one spot to number five. Midnight dropped spot number six. Lover dropped spot number seven. Five, six, seven. Somebody else is at eight. And then Taylor's at nine. With 1989, the stolen version, up four spots. Folklore is at 11, down two spots this week. Reputation is also down two spots to number 17. Red Taylor's version stayed put at number 18. Evermore stayed at 24. Fearless Taylor's version is up five spots to number 26. Debut dropped one spot to number 145. And speaking of the stolen version, down 10 spots to number 191. Big Nile Stolen only has like 10 spots to go before it's off the chart. <laughs> yes, our long national nightmare is almost over. <laughs> then we'll just have to work on my duty. <laughs> All right. This is normally the point where we would throw to Kimberly's clown corner. But from what I see on this document, <laughs> I refuse. It appears she doesn't want to go there. Oh, I'm so sad. I want the clown music. It's all right. We won't get to play the circus song. Hey, you can throw it in there for Christy. <laughs> Christy's clown corner. Christy's clown corner. Sad, Lydia. So I guess we'll get right into the song of the week then, which is Mirrorball. Yeah. From Folklore. Some facts about the song. It was written by Taylor Swift and Jack Antonoff. And it was produced by both of them as well. And it reached number 26 on the Billboard Hot 100, despite not being a single. Nice. What has Taylor said about this song? Apparently a lot. She <laughs> All right. did. Hold on. I gotta get this closer to my face. <laughs> you want to read the first chunk? I can read the second one. No, I got it. Oh, you want it all? I okay. got it. All right. Okay. Taylor said, I think with Mirrorball, sometimes when I'm writing to an instrumental track, I'll push play and I'll immediately see a scene set. This was one of those cases. Nope, one of the cases <laughs> where I just saw lonely disco ball, twinkling lights, neon signs, people drinking beer by the bar, a couple of stragglers on the dance floor, just sort of a sad, moonlit, lonely experience in the middle of a town that you've never been in. And I was just thinking, okay, we have mirror balls in the middle of a dance floor because they reflect light. They are broken a million times, and that's what makes them so shiny. We have people like that in society, too. They hang there, and every time they break, it entertains us. And when you shine a light on them, it's this glittery, fantastic thing. But then a lot of the times, when the spotlight isn't on them, they're still there up on a pedestal, but nobody's watching them. I'm just kidding, you can do the same one. <laughs> <laughs> she then continued, it was a metaphor for celebrity, but it's also a metaphor for so many people who feel like everybody feels like they have to be on for certain people. You have to be different versions of yourself to different people, different version at work, different version around friends, different version of yourself around different friends, different version of yourself around family, Everyone has to be duplicitous or feels like they have to be. And that's part of the human experience, but it's also exhausting. And you kind of learn that every one of us have the ability to become a shapeshifter. But what does that do to us? It also is the first time and one of the only times that the time that we're living through is actually lyrically addressed. I think the pandemic and lockdown runs through this album like a thread. 
because it's an album that allows you to feel your feelings and it's a product of isolation. It's a product of all this rumination on what we are as humans, etc. But this is the first time in the bridge saying they called off the circus, burned the disco down, and they sent home the horses and the rodeo clowns. I wrote this song right after I found out all my shows were canceled. And it's like, I'm still on that tightrope, still trying everything to get you laughing at me. So it's like, I realized here I am writing all this music, still trying. And I know I have an excuse to sit back and not do something, but I can't. And I don't know why that is. I feel like somebody said, how do you feel about Mirrorball? And Taylor really just let loose. <laughs> I believe those quotes are from Folklore the Long Pond Session. Oh, okay. Documentary. Right. That makes more sense. They went into great depth about every track on it. Yeah, so, it's like, geez, Louise, that's a lot. <laughs> yep, he's got some thoughts. For sure. That makes more sense if it's from Long Pond. What about the critical reception? Overall, very positive. LA Times and The Ringer both picked it as best song on folklore. Hard to agree. Yep, um, Sydney Morning, Herald, Slam Magazine, and The Independent all dubbed it a highlight of folklore. The Irish Times called it ethereal and destined to be an instant Swiftian. Is that correct? Yeah, Whatever I mean, I made that right? word up. Okay. Yeah. Swiftian classic. The Independent said it was dreamy. Billboard said it was devastatingly beautiful. Nope, not beautiful, pretty. <laughs> Paste said it was authentic. Slant Magazine said it conveys both nostalgia and sarcasm with breathless amazement. Consequence said should have been the lead single from Folklore. And NME said forgettable, drags the album. <laughs> Fuck off, NME. <laughs> You wouldn't know a good song if it walked up and slapped you in the face. Drags the album. I'm sorry. Have you listened to the song Epiphany? Have you listened to the song Peace? Have you listened to the song Hoax? Yeah. Folklore is definitely very front-loaded as an album, in my opinion. Mirrorball made some end-of-year lists. Variety put it number nine of their 40 best songs of 2020. Pitchfork put it at number 71 on a list of 100. And Slant Mag... Put it at 14 of 50. So nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the fans? Our boy Rob rated it number three overall yep. out of 200 and something. Spoiler alert, All Too Well is number one. I do not remember what number two is, oh. but there's only one huh. other song in between. Interesting. I do wonder what it is. Rob said that it is a seething ballad about a loner feeling a little too loud and a little too bright, afraid everyone's staring at her flaws, yet feeling invisible anyway. Indeed. R slash Taylor Swift did their Folklore Survivor game, and they didn't fucking get it because they ranked it 13th out of 17 tracks on Folklore. Yeah. Only ahead of Epiphany, Hoax, Peace, and Mad Woman, which it should be ahead of all those. No argument there. But it should be ahead of a bunch more, too. All of which I named except for Mad Woman, because I don't really think of it as the same, but I guess it could. Yeah, it's not on the level of those. It and Illicit Affairs, to me, are like the next year yeah. down. Probably. Yeah. Do you want to add your response to Oh, yes. <laughs> to quote uh, Dennis from Always Sunny, I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. Because that's ridiculous. 13, how dare you? <laughs> I mean, at least it's 13. Okay. Yep. Hey, Especially yeah. 
Let's get to the lyrics then. This is probably where we actually let Christy talk. <laughs> she's just kind of in her peanut gallery at this point. So I just wanted to remind people that she's here. <laughs> I'm here, guys. I'm here. I'm just enjoying everything, taking it all in. Yes, onto the lyrics, as Kimberly said. First off, just the central metaphor of being a mirror ball is really cool to me. Like Taylor said, mirror ball is made up of broken pieces of glass assembled in a way makes them shine in a cool way when you put light on them. Mirror ball by design has to be broken in order to become beautiful in the way that a mirror ball is beautiful. Life shatters all of us into tiny pieces over time because life is a nightmare. <laughs> then we are reassembled into a new and hopefully interesting shape by our experiences and what we take away from them. But what does the act of breaking do to us? What consequences are there? Can we ever be as strong, as whole as we were before? I would say no, personally. And I think the song implies that Taylor believes the same. So that's where I'm at with that. Yep. <laughs> on to the chorus. Taylor says, hush, when no one is around, my dear, you'll find me on my tallest tiptoes, spinning in my highest heels, love shining just for you. Hush, I know they say the end is near. I'm still on my tallest tiptoes, spinning in my highest heels. Love shining just for you. Here, we can see the effort the speaker is putting in to try and be enough for everyone, even when she is one-on-one -on -one with someone or the apocalypse is at the door. She's still trying to shine in a way that pleases the person observing her because, you know, if she doesn't, what value does she have to anyone? Does she have value if she's not observed? Is she have value if she does not reflect in a way that pleases the observer? Who is she when she's all by herself? When no one's observing her? When no one is watching? When the spotlight is turned off? I think that's something Taylor had to deal with during the pandemic, as a lot of us had to, being at home, alone with your thoughts. And it was a little bit, a little bit frightening. Yeah, it was weird to even still be trapped inside your house all the time. I have a confession about those lyrics, though. Okay. okay. When I first heard this song, I thought she said, you'll find me on my toilet tiptoes. And I was like, I can't have heard that correctly. And I went back and I heard toilet again. And then I went back and I had to look it up and I was like, oh, tallest tiptoes. But I still sing it as toilet tiptoes. You will find me on my toilet. Tiptoes. In the second verse, Taylor says, I want you to know I'm a mirror ball. I can change everything about me to fit in. You are not like the regulars, the masquerade revelers, drunk as they watch my shattered edges glisten. The speaker is a chameleon, a shapeshifter, as she said. She's whoever she needs to be, fit in with the people around her. She's speaking directly to someone in the song, you know, who is it? I'm not sure, but she tells them that they are different. Is that true? Or is that merely what they want to hear? And the speaker is trying to be everything to everyone. Do they sense that need to be special, to be different and provide it to the listener? The chorus seems to say, yes, it's just her act continuing. You know, you're not like everyone else, you're special. And I will do what it takes to make you feel special. Is that a feeling that you ever experienced, Kimberly? 
Me? I feel like you're a bit of a, you want people to be happy. You have that sort of people pleaser energy sometimes. (laughs) I was going to say, I, you say that. So I guess I'll reference my thoughts from later on. But if you are neurodivergent in any way, you probably relate to this song. (laughs) Because there is a weird, like, masking that comes along with various things. Like, some people see it with autism, some people see it with ADHD, depression, all kinds of things. And it seems to be most common in women to kind of match whatever's happening around you at any given time and i personally feel like i made a whole profession out of that (laughs) i went to school for that (laughs) so you feel it is gendered not always but i mean scientifically i believe what do you think christy oh i i definitely think it it's i think a lot of it can be gendered i think we as women in general do have to take on a little bit more of a role of people pleasing it's expected of us Mm -hmm. and it's even in the year of our lord 2023 it's still pushed back on if you're not reflecting what you're given if you're not people pleasing so i i definitely agree with that that i think that women experience that to a greater degree than men do in general just because of the way that society has been constructed. But as a people pleaser all my life, I absolutely 100% agree with that. I think there are many times when I myself have felt almost like you're saying, like, I'm not there. I'm reflecting whatever that person is giving me. Being that people pleaser, that's what a lot of you build your interaction on, is not yourself, but that opposite person. And I can definitely see how Taylor in this song, as a celebrity and as an entertainer, her whole career means nothing without people looking at her, people wanting to observe her. So she doesn't know what she is without them. So then suddenly that's all taken away and she's like, uh, <laughs> like, I'm still here, guys. I'm still doing this. What does it mean to be me without you? I think Mirabal does a good job of showing that relationship. But I think in a sense, songs in themselves can be Mirabal's. That's kind of what I took from it is that we each see something a little bit different and maybe see something that's a little piece of us reflected in the song and that's what makes it so special but so easy for us to say yeah that means something to me because I see myself in that right and that's she's kind of known for writing pieces like that exactly yeah indeed songs that are in a way very personal and about Mm -hmm her life but that also everyone can relate to right. it's an interesting ability she has right onto the bridge they caught off the circus we're in the disco down and sent home the horses and the rodeo clowns i'm still on that tightrope still trying everything to get you laughing at me and i'm still a believer but i don't know why never been a natural all i do is try 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 I'm still on that trapeze i'm still trying everything to keep you looking at me covid shut the world down it shut taylor's tour down She can't relax. She needs to be observed in order to feel like she has value without the bright lights and the roar of the crowd. Who is she? Like Christy was saying, 
and I strongly relate to the try, try, try line. It often feels like everyone's playing a game, that they know the rules too, but nobody bothered to tell me whenever I'm interacting with people in the world. That's how I feel. I feel like everybody else knows how to, how to be and what to do, and I don't know anything. And I'm just out here faking it. And, uh, yeah. and yeah. hoping that you're doing and saying the right thing. Yeah. Hoping no one just... tell that I'm just winging it. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Right. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. Life is a nightmare. And then you die. And then you die. Yep. <laughs> what What is that line in a good place? What does he say? Birth? No. Existence is a nightmare and birth is a curse. Something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the yeah. exact thing. I've yeah. only seen the show once, so I don't I don't know enough to quote it. But Okay. Well, that's lyrics, right? So. That is lyrics. Christy, what are your overall thoughts of this song? I would say Mirrorball, you know, to be honest, I liked it before you asked me for the uh, to be on this episode, but after this past week, really listening to it over and over again and analyzing the lyrics, it's actually risen up in my judgment of songs on the album. So I, I actually, I really like it as a song, and I think like you said she does a really good job of writing lyrics that not only come from her and give the audience a piece of her but something that the audience themselves can see themselves reflected in that so i think this is one of those songs that a lot of people will like myself resonate with because they've been in that situation they understand what it means when she says I'm a mirror ball, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. For me, I loved mirror ball right away from my first listen of folklore. It was one of my favorites right away. I don't I know. I remember you saying that, yeah. Yeah, it just, it really hit with me. I love the production, you know, it's got like sort of dream pop, almost shoegaze vibe to it, which I think is really interesting. We don't see that from Taylor much. I love Taylor's vocals on this song. I love the lyrics, just all around. Really like it a lot. It almost feels like a Casey Musgraves song, similar vibe, like that sort of sad disco. I can see that, yeah. You know, I like that Taylor wrote a song that seems personal to her and her feelings, but it expresses a way that the common folk, the common folk can relate to, like we've been talking about. And I too feel like a mirror ball at times myself. I have a howling void inside of me. <laughs> that I paper over with sarcasm and dumb jokes. Yep. And that's my shine that I try to make people look at instead of really seeing me because I worry that they'll hate me as much as I do, although I doubt that. They'll try. They'll try. Kimberly, so like I mentioned, if you can't relate to this song, what's it like to be neurotypical? <laughs> There's, I feel like this is the neurodivergent anthem. The first four songs on folklore to me give the impression of what Taylor has said about folklore. She took a new route and wrote about storylines, not directly from her own life, but kind of made up stories of things that she knows other people experience. But My Tears Ricochet into Mirrorball into Seven feels like, damn, this is what her brain is like. Like if you went in there, I feel like that's just what's happening all the time. It just sounds like her pure thoughts. Okay. I like it. That's a good song. Great song. Indeed. Let's go on to ratings then. For those of you listening who may not be aware, 
we rate every song from one to ten. One is very bad, ten is very good, and five is mid. Christy, what do you give Mirrorball? I give it a nine. Very good. Kimberly? I give it a ten. If I think it's a perfect song, I nothing about it I would change. Enough said. And I will give it a 10 as well. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite song on Folklore, which is, I think, in an objective sense, her best album. Not necessarily my favorite, mm-hmm. depending on the day, but Great. I do think it's the best. Written, yeah. produced, you know, lyrically. Sort of cohesive uh, yeah. piece of art she's made. So, yeah. 10 for me. Awesome. If you would like to tell us what you rate Miracle, you can vote in our poll in the episode description on Spotify or on our social media. It'll be up on threads, it'll be up on Instagram, and it'll be up on X. Elon Musk's doomed freight train that everyone is struggling to jump off of. Oh yeah. So vote and let us know what you think. Yeah. Christy, would you do have anything else uh, before we get out of here? Anything else you'd like to say? Do you want to plug your Instagram? (laughs) Oh yeah, your your TikTok, you do stuff. Yeah, so I have, I mean, it's small, but I have a little Instagram called Bell Book and Clutter, and if you like antiques, thrifting, spooky stuff, and then just, I don't know, (laughs) just want to see what I'm into, go and follow me there on Instagram, and then from there, you know, you can find my link tree, I'm on threads, I'm on TikTok, and I think I've got my little Pinterest link there too. So yeah, come and check me out over there. But I want to say thank you for inviting me on the show. This has been super fun. I love this. <laughs> yes, thank you for being here. I I feel like uh, like Kimberly said, you kind of just got got stuck in the back for a little bit. But uh... <laughs> that's okay. I just wanted you guys to do your thing. You know, I was just, I, I, I feel like a little proud mama over here sometimes. Just be like, <laughs> look at them go. They're doing so good. <laughs> all right. Yes. Follow Christy on Instagram and TikTok and oh, all of those things. Bell book and clutter. I believe Bell is like Bell from Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yeah, because it's my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Such a good one. Quality. Yes. So, all right. Well, thank you for coming on, Christy. We've loved having you. Thank you. For another folklore song or something. (laughs) Yes. Anytime. I will come back anytime. Yes. Thank you, Christy. And thank all of you for listening to our podcast. Please follow us on social media. It's going to be in the outro, like always, until, well, one more thing. What's the next song? Until next week, when we talk about... Long live from Speak Now, Taylor's version. That's right. Standard album. (laughs) Yes. We will see you next week to talk about that. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on Twitter at CowboysLike underscore pod and Instagram at CowboysLike Us underscore pod. New episodes every Monday on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Y'all come back now. You hear?